0: DJ and PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. Ah, boom! We're joined now by David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst and former BYU linebacker. David, good morning.
1: Good morning. What's going on, fellas?
0: Ah, well, there's a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) However, there's not as much stuff going on with BYU as there has been going on. They had a nice little rhythm there. They were playing every week after the Army game. That got lost. But after that, everything, everything went off as scheduled. It was a good run. They blew out a bunch of teams, and now they're playing once in four weeks. And it's against the North Alabama team that's 0-3, and they had a blowout by a lot. So what are you looking for in this game?
1: You know, there's there's not much to look for in this game. I mean, it's a North Alabama team that's really bad. Uh, but this is one of those original games that BYU had scheduled on their on their schedule this year, and, and they've stuck with it and kind of honoring the game. But, uh, you know, this is one of those ones where starters suit up, you play for the first half and expect to probably not play coming out of halftime and let the backups play and, and just kind of keep cruising victory. So, uh, but I will say, as, as fans and, frankly, as coaching staff and players, in these type of games, you want to come out in that first half and have a very clean game. The last thing you want to do is have to play your starters in the second half. And so uh, you're still playing for something. You're playing for pride on your side of the ball. Uh, but I, I think the players, coaching staff, everyone's fully aware that uh, this is a game that, that should be pretty, pretty much decided probably by the end of the first quarter.
2: So, obviously, every year has some seniors on there. I think that uh, from your perspective, let's go with the defense, and we we know who those guys are. How important do you think it is for these younger guys to maybe get a little bit of a leg up on the competition going forward when these other veteran dudes get out of school and move on to make your mark now so you get your your name in the coach's mind? Hey, I'm your guy at
1: fill in the blank position. Hundred percent. And listen, with the new changes where kids can play four games and still have their redshirt year, and of course, then this year you ta- add on top of the whole COVID situation and everyone basically getting a year. Um, you know, it's 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 huge to be able to to go out there and, and kind of show the coaches what you got, like you alluded to. Um, and so it's just more opportunity. I mean, for for the starters, they're like this game's a throwaway game. But you're right, for the young kids, it's like hey, this is my Super Bowl, right? I mean, here's here's a chance for me to actually play some meaningful minutes. Uh, there in the second half and and get some game like reps and and uh, you know have what it feels like to play in a, in a real game versus playing in obviously practice scrimmages. So uh, for some of these guys, it's a big deal and they're preparing uh, to to be out to to play this week and uh, and so they're they're excited. So I think mean, it goes both ways. And frankly, I remember being a senior and you get excited for these younger guys, right? I mean, these are the guys that are on the practice squad th- during the week that are that are. Uh, you know, they don't get a lot of praise, obviously, during game time. Um, and now it's kind of their time to shine. So as a senior, and as a starter, you want to go out there and perform because you want to try to get them as much time as well. So it kind of goes full circle for the whole team. Uh, and, and I can say that, you know, those starters will be sitting on the sideline and they're just as pumped for the backups and these third stringers that get some action and go in there and contribute and maybe have a touchdown or a big play on defense, whatever it may be. And I guarantee those upperclassmen are stoked to see that happen and – and are there rooting them on? But um, yeah, it's it's you know here here's the other flip side to it too. Uh, if you are a starter, this is one of those stats game where you can you can add on to your stats. You can get some sacks. Uh, you can obviously if you're Zach Wilson, you can try to go out there and go 15 for 15 or whatever it may be, right? So you go out there, it's a stat game. You try to pad your stats. At the end of the season, they're not going to break it down and say, hey, you had these stats in these games. They're just going to look at your overall stats. Uh, and this is an opportunity to go out there and pat him a little bit. So, you know, there's still definitely something to play for, and it's one more opportunity. Uh, you know, we talk about this week to week out, and especially this year with COVID, I mean, you only have so many opportunities. And so you can't just sit there and let one of them just go by without you being prepared and, and uh, you know, being excited to play. So I think the guys will be ready, especially coming off a of bye week. Uh, typically coming off bye weeks, there's a little bit of rush. You got to shake off, and I think you'll probably see that with this team, just coming out there, hopefully being – are focused and prepared, and they kind of roll from the get go. And then, like I said, they, they give it up to the younger kids later in the game.
0: So, as a scout team player, how often. Were you were you on the scout team early in your career or were you just you were just the man? He's David
1: Nixon, he didn't know Scout team, you idiot. <laughs> That's what
0: I said. Was he the man? Hey,
1: listen, listen, I did I wasn't scouting at BYU, but I was uh, I, I a. I was practiced squad in the NFL, so I I felt both sides for sure.
0: So I'm just curious how often a scout team player is allowed to tackle somebody? What is the window? I mean, there must be some early season scrimmage where you get to. Most of the time, you're doing the other team's defense and scheme, and maybe a DB can show his skills because he's allowed to break up a pass. But if you're in the front seven, uh, maybe linebackers and pass coverage a little bit. But I mean, you don't, you don't, liter- you literally don't get to show coaches, yeah,
1: I can tackle guys. Yeah, listen, ball camp, everyone's tackling. You know, not everyone. I mean, there's going to be days and certain drills where the coach will say, hey, this is going to be live. Uh, and so everyone gets to, to participate and tackle. But the second the season starts and you're a practice squad player, uh, yeah, you don't touch the starters. Right. And you don't touch the second <laughs> stringers. I remember I remember a couple instances where, you know, the the, the thing with a practice squad too is they don't play on Saturday, so they're not banged up and they're not tired. In fact, they got a nice little day off when, the, when all the other guys were playing. So you show up to practice the next week and these guys are out there just running around. They've got full energy and you're still trying to get over a bum ankle or, some other injury that you, that incurred during the game. Uh, and anyway, sometimes they had a little bit too much death for life. And uh, I remember a couple times coaches, you know, coaches, after they, the practice ball player would try to come block me or, um, you know, try to go a little too hard, coaches would get on to him pretty bad. And you kind of felt bad for the kids. Uh, but you kind of got to know your role during the season. And knowing your role kind of comes into play right now where, once again, here's your role, here's an opportunity that you'll be able to play. And so I guarantee you those kids are ants. Uh, they're probably telling their parents to try to make it down for the game because here's their, here's their moment for this season where they get to shine. Uh, and I'm telling you, the whole team loves that. And, and that's, the, that's the goal is let's take care of business, first and second stringers, and allow these younger kids an opportunity to play because they've worked their butt off. I mean, those practice squad kids, I mean, it's a, it's a tough life, right? I mean, like I said, you get no glory during most of the majority of the season. Uh, and, and you're just kind of a punching bag, and it's, it's not very fun. But even more, all the props and the kids that stick with it the whole season. But, uh, but there are some games typically in every season where they do get to shine, and this is one of those this week. So, um, I mean, that's the exciting part. You get to see some of the younger talent and, and get those game reps. And, of course, you're starting to try to build that base for next season now that we're getting towards the end of the season, which is crazy to think about.
2: So the fact they played seven weeks in a row under this world in which we live in is just absolutely awesome. Everybody would agree with that, particularly when we see teams here locally that aren't on the field at all yet. And so they've got this bye this last week. That's not unusual. You would think that that's something that happens just about every season, you know, at some point. And this time it happened to be in November. You get the bye. But my point where I'm going with this, and you got the game this Saturday, and that's fine, and they should win. We all know that. But I'm concerned going forward about the next two weeks of not playing. That's where it gets really weird as far as what we normally would see. And then you come back, and I suppose you can can compare it a little bit maybe to – uh, the end of the season, and then if you play in one of those early bowl games, I guess, and so maybe maybe I'm making too much of it. But I'm concerned about being able to keep the rhythm of the team and the flow and all that stuff over these next two weeks after this week. Do you think it's crucial that they get a game in maybe uh, a week from Saturday after Thanksgiving, and and then how about the Utes,
1: David? <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot to discuss here, obviously, right? I think we touched on it last week as well. Um, I, I think you got to find a way to play. I mean, these players are hot, and it's a, it's a team that's shown that, uh, you know, they're taking care of business. They're, they're playing up and, to their, all their opponents and taking care of business. Um, and so I think you want to try to give them as many opportunities to showcase their talents. But at the same time, I think with what they did to Boise State, the convincing win that they had, I think they've done enough to prove that they belong in a New Year's Six game. And here's the thing about the New Year's Six game. That payout for BYU is huge. If you're independent and you don't have to go share that with anybody else, that payout is a big time. And especially in a year when, as we know, the finances with every athletic department are struggling. As we saw, BYU just laid off some of their uh, you know, SID uh, contacts there, um, probably because of budgetary purposes. And so, you know, it's a, it's a big deal to be able to get one of these big payouts. So if I'm Tom Homo at the same time, I'm like, listen, I don't want to jeopardize this. I don't want to go, go schedule a Marshall or somebody that – potentially we could go out there and lose to. Uh, or, or for some reason, we, maybe we eke out a, a win against a team that's just mediocre. And next thing you know, it's changing uh, the, the mindset of the committee to put us in at, at, an at large uh, bid to one of these New Year's Six games. And so, I, I don't know. I go back and forth on it. Of course, as a, as a fan, and as a player, you I think you'd want one more opportunity. Yeah, let's, let's line up whoever. But when you take a step back and you look at the uh, kind of re- repercussions of trying to schedule somebody – and you potentially lose or you don't look great and you potentially forfeit that in your sixth bowl game, I don't know. A lot of it comes into play. So I imagine Tom's probably fielding calls here and there. Uh, yeah, we saw the comments from the Pac-12, the Colorado, I think it was the Colorado AD, right, where he said, listen, we'll explore we'll yeah. any potential possibility to play somebody. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think the, the landscape's obviously changing daily right now. And we've seen – I mean, you saw with the UCLA game, right? They put that game together in, what, 48 hours? Yeah, I mean everything's possible. Everything's on the table, but I think you also have to be uh, smart about going out there and, and scheduling these games, thinking about kind of the end goal, right? To be able to play when the year six game and, and get a big payout for that, your athletic program definitely needs right now.
0: David Nixon joining us, former BYU linebacker. So when you look across the country and you look for a comp to BYU. Who have you seen playing college football this year? And I realize you haven't seen much of the Pac-12. But who have you seen where you've said, that's about what BYU is. That would be a really competitive game, and I'd like to see him play.
1: Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring on Clemson. What are you talking about? Now, I'll tell you what, I've, uh, I've watched the last few weeks. I've watched that Oregon team. And, of course, a new quarterback ever since Herbert left. Uh, and I think that would be a pretty fun matchup. I think two similar type of plays. Uh, good defenses, but even better offenses. Um, and I, you know, there's been some projections out there depending on yeah. what Oregon does. I know some of them have been going to the College Football Playoff as of lately, but they weren't potential at Fiesta Bowl or something like that. with BYU? Uh, I think that'd be a fun one to see. And then, you know, listen, a lot of people hate the fact that if only does make a New Year Six game, there's been some projections they'd play Cincinnati. I, I'm with the majority of the public. That sucks because as a four player, you always want to play against the best and of course, the P5s are the best, but if you had to play Cincinnati, I think that'd be a pretty awesome matchup because they're they're very similar as well. And I think you, you know, then it could kind of take the title of the best uh, the best G5. But um, I don't know. I, I think those couple matchups uh, would would be fun to watch. But listen, any opportunity, especially this year in a year where BYU didn't get to play a P5, uh, I think be able to match up and line up against a P5 in the new year would be kind of icing on the cake. So. We'll see how it all plays out, but uh, I'd love to see BYU play, you know, an Oregon or a USC or shoot anybody, Oklahoma State. I know there were some initial projections, of Oklahoma State. I mean, anybody like that would be fun to see how BYU matches up because, listen, I think we all agree, even as BYU fans, of course, we're with the blue goggles, loving the top 10 ranking right now, but even I think they're still a little bit out on, hey, are we really that good? And, and, and of course, in order to find that out, you got to play the best and, and that's where I think hopefully they can make that New Year Six bowl game and, and play one of these P5s.
2: So get controversial on us. You think they would beat the Utes this year, don't you?
1: Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Now, listen, all the U fans out there, of course, you guys have won whatever, I don't know, nine, ten in a row. I don't even know what it's at right now. Uh, there's, been, there's been a dominance, and I think there is probably a little bit of a mental edge there right now. Uh, where, where BYU just for some reason, I mean, look at the last few years, they're up 20-0 at halftime. They somehow collapse right? Uh, and so there is a little bit of a mental edge there. But I think that's the thing about this BYU team, frankly. I, I think it's a team that's very mature. Um, and here's the bummer about this year is that we knew all along this was going to be BYU's year. I mean, the, the, all these guys, Zach Wilson, Brady Christensen, the whole offensive line, the whole defense, Troy Warner. I mean, all these guys have been starting as freshmen for BYU. And we took our lumps years ago, knowing that hey, eventually they will pay dividends. Eventually, this team will grow up, you know, they'll learn from their mistakes, and they'll go out there and, and be able to play the Utes and other teams and actually pull out wins versus you know top the game up. And so uh, it's a bummer that this year all the all the cards are on the table for this year, and and BYU was looking like they were gonna have a special year. Then of course COVID hit, and of course we can't tell whether uh, they beat the Utes or not, but. You know, I, I do. I think BYU would win this year, but, uh, you know, we'll never know, unfortunately. Or we'll find out
0: Thanksgiving weekend. We just have to see how it plays out. You never know.
1: Never know. David, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. All right, fellas. Take care.